not that long ago, I had like, you know, 12 TikTok followers and, you know, 12 videos that nobody watched. And, and then I thought, oh, well, you know what? Why don't I make a video, a 15 second video on TikTok where I just said, hey, I can remove negative entity attachments. Um, please leave a comment below. Or no, I said, I can let you know if you have a negative entity attachment, leave a comment below and I'll answer for you. So I figured I'd get a couple of people, right? In one, I think in one day, I had 60,000 people watch it with 6,000 comments of people asking if they had one. It finally topped out at like 125,000 with 12,500 or something people that wanted to know if they had one. You got to accentuate the positive. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. It's always such a blessing to be with you all again. And please remember if you're liking the shows and you're interested in these conversations to share them with your friends and subscribe to whatever platform you're on. <laughs> Zane's saying yes. yes. Well, I've got Zane Daniel back on the show today. <laughs> welcome to the show, Zane. Thank you. Zane's been on the show a couple of times. I think you've yeah. been... In the inner sanctum, we've explored your story. Zane is the creator of the Higher Self Expo. For those of you who've been listening to the shows, you've been hearing me talk about it on every show. And uh, I've been showcasing all the speakers that have, uh, well, not all the speakers, but at least most of the speakers. Yeah, not all 36 speakers, Karen. Come on, what are you doing all day? I know, but it gives me more to talk to later on, doesn't it? Uh, there was a exactly. couple of speakers that couldn't make it in time before the expo that I might speak to later. I started right. booking in people after the expo that were not speakers because we're get, I'm getting galactic, Zane. I'm getting very galactic after the expo. Nice. But uh, yeah, I definitely showcased all the speakers that are speaking during the Australasian time zone because I've had some of them on the show before. Yeah. Like, I was just talking to Zane about Darshna. Patel, who's just awesome. How are you, darling one? Good to see you. I'm amazing, as always, like we were talking beforehand. I can't imagine being anything other than amazing. Well, that's a nice place to be. Yeah. <laughs> a very nice place to be. You're not in well, lockdown where you are no, at the moment? No, nah. Um, and and I, say, I say amazing or happiness is a skill. We get to decide how amazing we are. And so every day, it's very easy to wake up and go, yeah, F yeah, let's F do yeah. this. <laughs> well, your lifestyle is extraordinary. You know, you're on the road. You don't have a, a house or an office. You travel around the country. And of course, COVID put a bit of a stop to that last year. But yeah. you're, you're back on the road again, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not in my van right now, obviously, but the, it does afford me to go and visit people and stay at their homes if they're so if they're so inclined to host me, which is where I am. I'm in San Francisco right now. But yeah, the uh, it's really been a fun experience. And, you know, I sold my house in Chicago a couple of years ago and started on this, but I haven't been on it for all that long outside of COVID. 
So at least right now we are in non-lockdown. We are in like, you can go into grocery stores without a mask on kind of territory, which is pretty amazing. So yeah, I'm enjoying that. Yeah, well, down under we're in lockdown. So I've been well and truly locked down for a couple of weeks. I have been out a few times to the supermarket and for the odd walk, but uh, oh, it's 10-10 here. But yes, we're, we are in lockdown as usual. Yeah. <laughs> crazy times, crazy times. But for those of you who don't know about Zane, Zane, I'm just going to read a little bit of your bio and tell you who he is. So Zane is an intuitive, guided light worker, hustle energy healer, creator of the Higher Self Online Expo, accomplished publisher, and captivating speaker. Zane helps people achieve mental and emotional health by fine-tuning the subconscious mind and activating the heart. His graphic novel series, Righteous, and his unique modality of soul essence activations are both powerful catalysts for enlightenment for readers and clients alike. Yeah, so you've got this uh, you've got this comment uh, this comic series called Righteous. We've spoken about this on the show before. So you you created it to really speak to people that are not seeking spiritual alignment. They're just into comics and stuff like that. But it really I like awakens them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's written for anybody who likes comic books. It it has a little bit of a, that liar liar with Jim Carrey kind of feel to it. So it's kind of comedic and there's a little element of the supernatural, but it's not a bunch of people flying around in tights or laser beams and dragons or anything like that. It's very much regular everyday kind of like corporate life and the the awakenings of the characters kind of uh, has amazingly helped people begin that awakening process themselves and i also imbue the book with the soul essence activation so anybody who reads it receives that and even if they're not open to it at all i get i get comments every once in a while emails that say what did you do to me right like i i read this thing and now everything in my life is changed and i'm happier and i'm helping people and i'm not worried about money and on and on and on so it's been really an amazing experience and i've actually hired a, a writer who has written the pilot script for uh, turning it into a tv show it would be live action not a, not an animated show and mm -hmm. and so i'm i'm going down the path of doing that as well yeah that's exciting that'd be great Netflix yeah. series. I think we need more conscious Netflix series because I actually love Netflix, but most of the stuff on there is violence, 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 yeah. violence. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, wade through it and think, mm, but there's a lot of supernatural themes, a lot, mm -hmm. a lot, a lot, but the yes. supernatural themes are always destruction, always destruction and the devil and the demons are out to eat you and get you. It's always mm. the same. It's so yeah. boring. It's mm -hmm. like, can you think of something else? It's like there is this narrative that every show puts into it. It's been kind of nice to have something different. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think it's exciting enough to, because there's a lot of shows that have like when, you know, young teenagers find their supernatural powers. Yeah. That as a story is exciting enough without them yeah. having to use those powers to fight the demons, just right. awakening to telepathy and by yeah. location and, and remote viewing and just that's enough to explore. I think that's right. exciting. 
anyway. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think so too. And, you know, I've always liked the supernatural, even if it's just like a little bit of subtle supernatural, you know, like uh -huh. I, I, I loved like Groundhog Day, for instance, you know, right. it's just that you're stuck in the same day over and over again. That's the supernatural event. And then everybody responds to it in the way that we would. And I find that to be fantastic, you know, and those movies do very well, right? Like, you know, even with those little subtle uh, supernatural events now, we like to see people going like, oh my gosh, what, how am I going to deal with this? How do I handle this? What does this mean? And, and it is an, a, a hero's journey kind of experience, even that one, because he goes from being a complete jerk to realizing that he should be his authentic, genuine, loving, helping self. And that got him out of the mess. So that was a spiritual awakening, essentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. Movie. That's so a they, fabulous they, movie. They do well. It's just, uh, you know, we think of the blockbusters and they've got to have asteroids crashing into the earth or aliens attacking or all of that stuff. But you don't have to do that. You can do some yeah. amazing things with just some subtlety. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that movie. I always say to my daughter for a line from that, don't drive angry. <laughs> because <laughs> it's so true you should never be, get behind the wheel of a car if you've had a fight with somebody or, or right. you're in that, you're, in that yeah. you're driving a giant weapon absolutely and your energy stinks right so you're just mm -hmm. attracting attracting something else to be angry about so yeah. i always say to my daughter whenever she's pissed off about something or upset don't drive angry but i i just see that guy with the, the little sort of <laughs> animal saying don't drive angry anyway right Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there are a lot of, um, well, not a lot, but I've actually seen a few other movies that are using that same theme of repeating the day over and over again. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, so that's that's interesting. I haven't finished your bio yet. But anyway, you were a producer in the console uh, gaming industry for over 21 years and had um, once a spiritual skeptic. I love that. Mm -hmm. And you had your, an awakening through an ayahuasca ceremony. And now you're working with uh, interdimensional beings like the Hathors and, and the Arcturians and the Andromedans. And, you know, you're going for it. I love that. I love that you were a skeptic and now you're kind of like working with the mob. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Got the mob. It, yeah. It took for me to like have that moment and then go, oh, okay. So all this science knowledge that I've had all of my life get rid of that because I'm talking to some being that isn't me. That's, you know, and, that, and, and it's making incredible points about how the, how I don't love enough that there's such a thing as past lives that I'm being too greedy or whatever and go, okay. Uh, and I hadn't even heard of channeling. Like I didn't even know channeling existed at this point. I, I knew nothing about the metaphysical spiritual world at all. So it was all completely foreign and strange to me. And so I had to kind of like figure it out on the fly, but I definitely had that immediate feeling of, okay, I'm just going to ask this voice a lot of questions because it seems like it's smart. <laughs> I, I want to know stuff. So I just did that. And it was, it was incredible. Yeah, I know it's incredible, and this and this is available for, for all of us, really, if we're open to it. Yeah, if we're open to it. You know, I was speaking to uh, Brandon Thomas. I was on his show yesterday. Yeah. Was, I was on his show too. Yeah, he was saying how much he enjoyed meeting you. He's like, "Oh my God, Zane is awesome! Thank you so much for introducing us." He was so impressed. Uh, uh, isn't isn't he lovely? Don't you love absolutely, him? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. He's got this new show. I think he'll be really successful, actually, because I just I'm love sure. his passion. He's just yeah. his passion to know and to f meet people, and that's the that's the ingredients. 
for a podcast show. A lot of people do podcast shows for other agendas, you know. Right. Um, but his, uh, yeah. Anyway, but uh, what was I going to say about that? But you know, today uh, we're going to chat a little bit about the expo. But really, I wanted to explore some of the work that you've been doing because we've been chatting about it. And I said, well, this is going to be a great conversation for the show because it's, I learned about, so do you want to talk about what you've been doing, you know, with the, with the tick, you put the thing on TikTok and. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, when COVID happened, I said, I rededicated myself. I said, boy, I better work on other methods because what I had been doing is going to events and conferences and festivals and things and meeting people and then helping them while I was on the road. It was a really fun way to earn my income and to, you know, go to all these interesting places. Well, when COVID hit, I realized, uh oh, I got to stay in one place. And so everything's got to change. And so I immediately started working on my on my YouTube videos. And really, one of the first four or five that I made, I, I did a negative entity attachment removal activation. And I kind of thought mm, this could turn out to be pretty good. I had a feeling that people would really like it because I had just started to notice that people were having them more and more. So I put it out there and just waited to see what happened. And sure enough, it started to grow and get a lot of hits. And then I started getting lots of people asking me questions. Meanwhile, I had started an Ascension class, an Ascension program that I had run through a couple of times with, with very uh, positive results and happy people. So I was excited about that, but I was also kind of thinking, I don't know how I'm necessarily going to get new people. Um, I wasn't totally sure where, that, where they were going to come from. I thought that probably the YouTube channel would work for that, but we'll, we'll see. And then all of a sudden, I started getting people that had negative entity attachments that when they watched the video, it removed them. But then a week, a day, sometimes even an hour later, the entities came back. So they, they were asking me what they should do. And I, I didn't know what they should do. I'd never even heard of that as a possibility, right? So I just asked the Hathors, what should I do with these folks? And they said, put them in your Ascension class. So I told them, okay, well, I don't, this is not a class necessarily about negative entities, but I'm being told you should join it and see what happens. Well, one person joined and I forgot to mention that it wasn't about negative entity attachment. And they, and so like, week three through this six week program, they were like, when are we going to talk about spirits and attachments and stuff? And I went, oh, well, we're not. <laughs> this is not about that. So sorry. Because I didn't know that much about it yet. So anyway, the, the two people that joined, they were able to remove the negative entities one that same day who said, when are we going to get rid of these? And then the other one, it took the six weeks, but both of them were entity free. So that's when I said, all right, and there's more and more people coming. It was starting to become more popular. Okay, I'm gonna have to make a, a course that is more specific to negative entity attachments. So really what I did is I just added another week on the beginning. We talk about negative entity attachments for like the first week, and then we just dive into the Ascension course because really all you gotta do is raise your vibration, recognize how powerful you are, and what I'm doing in the course is that I'm keeping the entities away from people long enough that they can actually start to do that work. 
But for some people, they're so tortured and they're so punished and they're so miserable from the entities, they can't even like clear their heads or clear their minds or clear their whatever possibility to start working on themselves. So that's, that's why it's been working. And then to jump into your TikTok thing. So not that long ago, I had like, you know, 12 TikTok followers and, you know, 12 videos that nobody watched. And, and then I thought, oh, well, you know what? Why don't I make a video, a 15 second video on TikTok where I just said, hey, I can remove negative entity attachments. Um, please leave a comment below. Or no, I said, I can let you know if you have a negative entity attachment, leave a comment below and I'll answer for you. So I figured I'd get a couple of people, right? In one, I think in one day, I had 60,000 people watch it with 6,000 comments of people asking if they had one. It finally topped out at like 125,000 with 12,500 or something people that wanted to know if they had one. I was shocked that there were that many people that were open to it. I was shocked that it got that big. I was just, just blown away by it. And now a lot of people that I get, that come into the program come from TikTok. And I never even looked at TikTok as anything other than just something goofy and silly to do. Absolutely. And this is what shocked and amazed me that, that, that people even think about that sort of stuff on TikTok, that they, mm -hmm. they even consider that they've got negative entity attachments. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it just, it blew me away when you told me that. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah it's it's really wild yeah and yeah you had some great questions about negative entities so i'm really well, excited well, to answer you because i've explored this i explored this i explored this when i was a young energy healer and then i stopped talking about it because i realized that you know what you focus on you create so if you're thinking oh do i have negative entity attachments and this is actually what happened to me when i was a young healer i heard about it and i'm like my question was, oh, I wonder what that's like, right? And then I remember I had a girlfriend <laughs> who, right, okay, you get it. I know where this is going. You know where this is going. I had a girlfriend who was born thalidomide, effect, thalidomide affected. Do you remember the drug in the 60s, thalidomide? Anyway, mm -hmm. there's, some amazing, there's some amazing documentaries out about it at the moment. I posted one on my Facebook. So it was about the pharmaceutical industry making a lot of money from a product that they put out that actually when oh. pregnant women took it that all these babies were born very deformed and we're kind of going through a dim you know like we've, the pharmaceutical industry is asking us to take this drug it's this experimental yeah. drug and i'm like oh my god the 60s all over again what we don't know the effects of this drug later on right so they didn't know for about five years what was thalidomide was doing. anyway so she was born thalidomide affected and she was very ill she had a hole in her heart so she was very exhausted all the time and i remember driving her home one day and just saying to her, I don't know what's happening to me, Nikki, but now I know how you feel. I just feel like I can't lift my, I'm a young girl too. I can't lift my head. I'm just so, I feel like someone's plugged into me. Oh. Sucking the life out of me. I remember saying that to her. I feel like someone's sucking the life force out of me. And I went home and did some meditation and asked, and they said, you wanted to know what it felt like? <laughs> yep. So and, I said, and I said, I did. And they said, you know, and I'm like, okay. So what I realized is what you focus on, you get. And then I stopped focusing yeah. on it. But right. and so this is what amazed me 
that so many people on TikTok say, yeah, do I have an energy attachment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what were the people like that were sort of asking you about that? Were they awakened people? Were they not awakened? All over across the board. Um, definitely, I mean, to some degree awakened, but every once in a while, you know, very dedicated to their very specific religion too. Right. So it wasn't just, um, you know, metaphysics and, and uh, new age spirituality, but the, the religions as well. And they have their own rules and understanding of how all that works. And, and so it's, it's been quite the journey to learn all this stuff because, you know, as you, as you know, I didn't grow up in any religious background at all. We were, you know, scientists. So religion was just this funny, silly thing that, you know, the majority of the population actually believed. And we were kind of scratching our heads about and, so I didn't do any research. I don't have any childhood research from that time. So I've had to kind of learn it on the fly during this experience. So what I'm hearing, it's kind of going back to that same conversation uh, about the media and all the supernatural things talking about demons. So a lot of religion talks about the devil and demons mm. and negative angels. And, and mm. so that's where they're getting the concept from, right? And as they're feeling shame or guilt, or they're thinking, you know, the, they're thinking about the devil, or the, you know, they're basically attracting it through their thoughts because of their religious upbringing. Is that what you're saying? Well, okay. So now, where these entities come from and who, what they are and all of that, I don't know if it necessarily has anything to do with what religion you follow. I, everybody seems to be able to get them, but but it's the religion that that. Um, frames the narrative so they'll that's say that's right yeah. yeah so so christianity will say that this is a demon and you know the 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 there'll be hindu gods and you know it's just on and on all these different types of like i said narratives so but it, but what really matters is what are they experiencing and how are they suffering and and that's once we can kind of isolate that then when we can go from there and at the same time, you almost don't have to isolate it. So for instance, people will, when they first come to me, they often ask, well, what kind of entity do I have? And the first thing I say is, I don't care. And you shouldn't either. The only thing we know is that you have something like that. You have an entity, you have energies, whatever it is, you have it, you don't want it. And so we're going to get rid of it. And the more that we focus on what it is, the more power that we give it. So I say often, what if we did, we did our whatever, asking of the guides and doing our, you know, whatever ritual you want to do to discover the type of entity that you have, and we discover that it's a demon. How are you going to look at that? Legends and many religions say that demons are more powerful than our souls. So if you believe that you in this limited incarnation being, is, has a demon attachment that your soul can't even get rid of, what chance do you have of ever being able to transcend it? So the last thing I ever want anyone to do is find out what kind of entity they have because that makes it all that much more difficult to remove it. I say, you have a mosquito entity and so we're just gonna squish it, you know, something like that. Like I'm not, I do not care. It is not important. What's important is raising your vibration, helping yourself understand how powerful you actually are and, and lots of activations and energy work and all this stuff to make sure all that happens with lots of teachings. 
and then it's gone. They're, they're gone. And sometimes they're gone in the first week. And sometimes it takes all seven. I've mm-hmm. even had a couple of people that they had to take the class twice and they got rid of it. So, you know, it's different depending on the individual. Yeah. And, you know, the, I thought of, I've thought about this a lot about exactly what it is. And everything is just an organization of energy. In mm-hmm. fact, I'm looking at you, you're we in are. a body, you're an organization of energy, but I'm looking at you as identity and person and, you mm-hmm. know, and a clump of characteristics characteristic and, yeah. and, and it's the same with what we perceive as negative entities, you know, in the books, the, 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 the team books by Francis Reiki channel books, um, the information coming through calls them vibrational spheres. Esther Hicks talks about it. She says, every thought yeah. that's ever been thought still exists. You can't, you can't kill energy. So if there is a particular frequency of energy, you can't kill it, but you can transform or move away from it. And so any energy that's ever been, it still exists and it, and it attracts, like attracts like, it clumps into, into an organization of energy. And you could call that a sphere or a demon or a thought form. But if you're a vibrational match to that particular vibratory stance, then you can attract it and it can feed off you and you can feed off it. And I think that what we see in our world is when people say that they have negative voices talking to them or they were told to do things, it's that sort of idea of being fed sort of the same frequency and they're interpreting it through their mind and saying I'm being told to do something but it's a frequent it's just energy isn't it right absolutely yeah it is and and it doesn't matter what way you suffer I mean you know it's kind of funny because people will will say well I have these this symptom and that symptom and that symptom okay well you know, there is some common symptoms that I find people experience related to negative entities. But outside of that, it's unlimited. Any symptom could be related to negative entities. So it doesn't really help to necessarily even know what the symptoms are. It's useful from a perspective of understanding where it kind of comes from and maybe their past. And then we need to release that trauma. And then, and then they no longer have that attachment. But but, you know, it doesn't really matter at all. Like, oh, we've, we've just got to work on you. You know, one of the first people that I, I worked on who was absolutely convinced, I mean, she was a light worker and she'd been dealing with entities from her clients and all kinds of stuff for so long. I said, it's not the entities, it's you. Right. We just got to make sure that you have everything aligned and, and you are raise your vibration. And, you know, all that I've already said three times. And, and then they're not going to attach themselves to you anymore. It'll be over. You're not a vibrational match. Zane, you can't say it enough, really. Really, you can't yeah. say it enough. Right. It's all about vibrational match. If you're a right. particular vibration, you can't be a match to what you perceive as negative entities. You just yeah, can't. Exactly. You know, yeah. I had a client the other day, young girl. She was golden. It was amazing. When, when, she, when she turned on her energy, she was just gold. And she was asking me about... Um, about this subject and I was sort of giving her some exercises to clear a field and stuff like that and when I saw her shining like this gold energy it was not necessary it was like any energy that passes through her field 
like it just gets burnt up like the sun or it just goes straight through. It just can't stay. It's like when you shine like the sun, you just, you just can't. Anyway, somebody said one of the speakers at the High Self Expo, I was talking to her about you, uh, Gillian, I think it was Gillian, Gillian Ross. Oh, yeah. And she was saying how brave you are to do this work because there is a possibility that you could, you know, take on those entities, you know, you could, Mm. they could sort of jump off them and jump onto you. And what do you want to say to that? Yeah. You know, I'm ready to say something to that. (laughs) I never have to worry about that ever. It's not even, it's not even a consideration Uh, because I look at it like this. And when I'm really working with people to help them look, uh, move into their power, recognize how strong they are. Like, this is what I would do. If I saw an entity coming, I'd be like, yeah, right. Like you think that you're going to have some sort of an attachment to me. You are ridiculous. You are the funniest entity I've ever seen. Good luck with that. I, I, you know, this will be fun to watch you try. Like that's how powerful we can be when we look at these things. And, and, you know, a lot of uh, light workers say you need to create a bubble of protection around yourself, right? Right. Right. Oh my gosh. So this is what a bubble of protection looks like. Oh no, I hope no entities come into my field. Oh no, I don't want that. This is the opposite of that. Come and get me. You don't have a chance. I know everything that I need to know about how weak you are and how powerful I am. It's like the Truman Show, going back to the Truman Show. I often talk about this. There's a scene in the Truman Show where he's in the boat and then the guy that's playing God is making the wind stronger and the lightning go. And he ties himself to the mask and he says, is that all you got? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that. Yeah, absolutely. I've got into trouble years ago. I went and spoke at a festival in uh, Victoria, which is another state. And everyone was talking about this protection thing. And I stood on stage and talked to all these people and said, you don't need to protect yourself when you raise your vibration. Protection is a thought of fear. And I got so much backlash from all these people in the spiritual community saying, no, that's dangerous. You need to protect yourself. You need to put yourself in white light. You need to do this. You need to do that. And and, and that was not my stance at all. Mm -hmm. And there are a few people that came up to me and they said, agree with what you said, but they sort of said it. They were harsh because they didn't want to be ridiculed by the rest of the people, but I got into so much trouble for that. But yeah, if you feel like you need protection, then that thought is a thought of fear and that vibration is going to attract that similar vibration, that fearful vibration. Yeah. Come and get me. So, yeah. So right now what I'm doing is I'm actually filming a documentary about how we, I believe that the medical allopathic community is wrongly um, uh, diagnosing negative entities as schizophrenia or bipolar or any of the other psychosis related mental illnesses And it's been a fun journey. So now I've moved from going and giving talks at expos and conferences. I'm going to interviewing people for my documentary. And so I've talked to a psychologist and a psychiatrist so far, as well as a number of people who are experiencing the the entities. And it's been fascinating. I still have a lot more to go. But um, at the expo, I plan to talk about what I've found so far. Wow. Oh, wow, Zane. I've got a story about this. You know, my best friend killed herself when she was in her late 30s. 
he had a year of depression. She was one of the most brilliant, shining, delicious people I'd ever met in my life when I met her. We met at a pub. We were both working in a pub when she was 18, I was 19. And we became instant best friends. And she married one of the richest Europe into one of the richest European families. And she had a very good life. But um, she went through she went through some personal traumas, right? And then as she went through some personal traumas, she started hating on herself. And as she started hating herself, mm. she started attracting this. And I remember walking into her house once. And she was sitting in this beautiful house that she'd designed and built and everything with all the shutters, all the, the things closed and sitting in a chair, just sort of sitting, you know, rocking, sort of hating on herself. And I walked in to this energy. I'll never forget this dark. It felt like I wanted to cough. It's to the first thing I did was just open all the blinds and open all the doors. And it was like, it was suffocating. I was suffocating with the energy that she was building up around her with her negative thoughts. It was her negative thoughts attracting this darkness. And when I was doing energy work on her, it was like I could see this dark cloud. It was, but I just thought of it as thoughts, as thought energy. Anyway, her husband threw her in a a mental asylum. Mm And when she came out, we talked about it. She said, the most amazing people are in their car. <laughs> they're just amazing. People call them crazy, but they're just, they have this psychic ability and they can see things that the mainstream world can't understand. And they were all this really amazing sort of psychic beings that didn't know how to handle it. She was telling me about all these and the stories. And it did sound like they were crazy, some of the stories they were saying. But now that I've been on the show for 12 years, because this is a long time ago, this is over 20 years ago. I've heard those same stories from really rational same people, you know, yeah. that are not in mental asylums. So, right, yeah, so interesting, fascinating, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's really something to, you know, and you look at the people that are homeless. So there's plenty of those here in the right. in the U.S. and they're often walking down the street talking to somebody, right? Even Absolutely. though there's no one standing there. So who is it that they're talking to? Yeah. Are they talking to a psychosis that's just inside their heads or are they talking to an actual entity of some kind? Right. Well, can it be one and the same? Um, yes. You know, the one thing that upset me about her is her stubbornness to change. So she was so convinced of her own hmm. um, unworthiness. Sure. Hence her killing herself. And she would not there was no, there was nothing I could say or do like I did energy work on her that was going to have her change her mind. Mm -hmm. And that was what I was up against. And so I think with a lot of these patients, it's the same. Uh, They don't want the help. They just don't want it. Mm -hmm. I had a a homeless lady that used to live outside my shop. I had a homeware shop and she used to um, like park outside the shop. And when I'd come in in the morning, I would share a cup of tea together and have a chat and then she'd go off um, and then she'd come back at night. So she had all this beautiful homewares around her because she had these big windows, but she was the same. She was amazing. But if I tried to help her in any way, she just blocked me. She stopped Mm me. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to get around that. If somebody doesn't want your help, you can't help them. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as powerful as we are, everybody's own free will is more powerful for them. Yeah, absolutely. So do you want to sort of share any other stories you've had working with entities? I suppose you've shared it all. 
Oh, no, uh, there's plenty of interesting um, situations. I mean, what I'll experience uh, every once in a while is someone who is being sexually assaulted by their entities. Wow. And so it, that will either come in the form of them feeling like that the entity is actually on top of them or penetrating them or whatever. Um, and that's both for men and women. And uh, or I will see people who they feel that their arms or whatever are, are possessed. And now that they, they wake up um, masturbating themselves, essentially, because the entity has chosen to do this. Wow. So, yeah, those are the most extreme cases. And we, you know, we, it, it doesn't matter what the case is coming in, coming out, if they follow the, the program and do the homework and do the work, then it's gone by the end. So do you think a lot of addiction is entities as well? Because I know that, you know, some sort of entities can be people that lived as humans and they just enjoyed sex or they enjoyed smoking or they enjoyed drinking, they were alcoholics or drug addicts. And so they'll attach to somebody that has that same affliction and then they'll get their fix by, by sort of being attached to the physical form or the energy of the physical form. They'll sort of get that same fix, that sensation of the being drunk or the sex or the cigarettes or whatever it is. Um, again, it has to be a vibrational match. So you can't right. be attached to someone who doesn't take any drugs or smoke or anything. And then all of a sudden they do, they have to already be a vibrational right. match to that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, the high likelihood, um, and you know, all those different things also just lower your vibration anyway. If you drink, if you smoke cigarettes, you know, that you're just setting yourself up for that sort of situation, which either you can transcend by embracing your vibration high enough that it doesn't even matter anymore, or mm -hmm. you can allow that to, to take over your experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what advice would you want to give to someone who's watching this or listening to this that feels like this might be happening to them, that they've got some sort of compulsive behavior that they feel is not in their control? Like what's the first thing they can do besides booking in to have a session with you? What's the right, first right. thing they can do? Well, it's interesting because I actually don't have them book sessions because what I discovered is that if they book a session, I can remove it, but it might just come back because they yeah. have to do work. Yeah. So I've, I don't do that many one-on-one -on -one sessions anymore because we get into it and then they say that they, that's what they have. And I go, okay, well, you need to join the program because that's going to be the, the main thing. So, so if we're not joining a program, what, what, are we, what are we doing for the person? So there's a number of different things. What I've really discovered, and I've talked about this on your show in the past, is that the emotions have an awful lot to do with your overall vibration. And if you remain in a lower vibrational emotional experience, whether it be frustration, disappointment, unworthiness, shame, guilt, fear, worry, anxiety, et cetera, et cetera, if you spend a lot of time in those, you can spend a little. It's so it's okay to visit those motions, right? But if you're if you default to those, if you if you spend you know most of your days in those then you are at a lower vibrational level and that's going to be that vibrational match and you're gonna bring in something like that or more possibly you bring in something like that. So finding a way to start to move up your vibrational frequency for when it comes to emotions. So that might be to look at any situation that you've got going on and I use the emotional frequency chart or the map of consciousness by David R. Hawkins 
and you go to the first high vibrational frequency, which is acceptance. Can you have acceptance over whatever it is that you actually have all these lower vibrational emotions about? Okay, I can. you can even be accepting over the fact that you're frustrated all the time, right? Okay, so I'm accepting that I'm frustrated. I accept that. Well, it makes sense. I mean, I've been through a lot and I'm a human being and I have frustrations. It's a natural emotion. So, I mean, just in case you're beating yourself up over the fact that you're frustrated, right? Like it's so easy to just continue to pile on. So in order to start not piling on or to start pulling off the pile, then you take the top thing and then you, you walk up the emotional frequency chart with it. If you can have acceptance over that thing, then maybe you can step up again and you can have optimism that you'll figure it out or that it's there for a reason or that there's a lesson that you're going to learn. You just don't know what it is yet. I'm optimistic that I'm going to figure that out. The next one up is excitement. I'm excited about the day that I do get this figured out. I, I'm excited because I know that I'm going to figure this out. And then you can go up to gratitude and you can be actually grateful. I'm grateful that I'm having this frustration experience because it's bringing information to me. It's bringing experience to me that I'm going to be able to learn from and, and grow from and expand from. And then you could go up to unconditional love. And if you unconditionally love your frustration experience, it means you probably don't have a frustration experience anymore. So, so, and then, and then you've peeled that one off the top. Now what's the next one? Now what's the next one on and on and on. And one of the other things that I've discovered over the last year or so, maybe two years is that I can do these little activations that remove the negative signature from a negative emotion. And I have them, you can download them off my website. Um, but for instance, if you were nervous because you were about to give a talk in front of 100 people or you were about to ask your boss for a raise or something like that, then there's a nervousness relief activation, I call it, that removes the, the physiological response from nervousness and as soon as you listen to the activation. And I did it to myself the first time that I gave a talk at the Awaken Empowered Expo in Detroit with over 100 people. I was terrified. I gave myself that activation 15 minutes before I was about to go on stage. You, you want to do it um, cl close to the amount, you know, to the time that you're going to actually feel it worst. And I was so relaxed. I was like hanging out on the podium, watching the hundred people stream into the room. And they even said to me like, wow, you look really comfortable and relaxed. And I, well, I am. <laughs> it's amazing. So, and, and it works for all the emotions. Like I have a different one for every emotion. So if you're in doubt or if you're in frustration or if you're, you know, whatever. So you do both of those things to help yourself get out of that lower vibrational experience. Those are the two biggest, most powerful tools that I start teaching. And I, you know, there's plenty throughout the thing, but those two you can do without having to join the program. You can do the walking up the chart and you can download an activation or two and you'll be rocking. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I love that. You know, being nervous about talking in front of people, it's just a story in your head of, yeah. it's a deprivating story. Am yeah. I good enough? What will people think of me? Will I get it right? It's just that story in your head. So your activation must just negate that story and raise your vibration. I don't know what happens in that. It's, it's funny. It doesn't negate the story. The story mm -hmm. is still there. But what happens is it 
you know, our, our emotions are frequencies, right? So we're tuning into a frequency that we say, okay, I need, uh, my body says, or brain says, this is terrifying and I'm an idiot. So I'm going to look like a dumbass in front of a hundred people. Right. So the body goes, oh, well, what emotion should we tune into? Oh, we can tell that this person is terrified. They're going to screw this all up. Okay. Let's turn into tune into nervousness. Let's grab the nervousness frequency. And then with that, in that frequency, maybe there's, there's instructions on how you should feel. Oh, we got to pump the adrenaline. We got to, we got to do all these different things. We got to kind of cloud the mind. We got to, we got to screw them all up because they're ready to run for their lives. Yeah. So what this does is instead of tuning into that nervousness frequency, the activation, it says, oh, well, let's tune into this nervousness frequency. This one is just oh, I just feel a little bit like more energized. It doesn't have all the adrenaline problems. It doesn't have the cloudy mind problems. It doesn't have all those other signatures that these have. So really it's just going to help them, you know, do better in their, in their thing, yeah. in their talk. So what happens then is you've tuned into a better frequency during the time that you're, I can't state this enough, while you are experiencing the emotion is the best time to use one of these activations. If you use it when you're not feeling it, it's going to do something, but it doesn't really do the right thing. So when you do this now, the next time you have a nervousness experience, your body goes, well, wait a minute, which one should we grab? And it's more likely to grab the lower painful one, the higher vibrational one, I suppose, the one that doesn't have as much of the negative signatures associated with it. But what's cool about it is that if, let's say, you still grab the, the more frantic one again, mm -hmm. do the activation again. And it takes only a few times before now your body defaults to that, that less painful frequency of for that emotion. Mm. it sounds like it's a bit of a quick fix for the moment but you still have to work on why you're beating yourself up which is like where the where the work like the that's where the that's yeah but but um what's nice about it is that it gives you that relief so that you can focus on that so that you can prove to yourself in the in the nervousness case wow i actually did really well at that and it wasn't a problem at all so maybe i i don't have that much to be worried about anymore so yeah. it, you know, it's, it's a, it's multiple things on multiple layers and it, yes, it's like a cheat sheet. It's like an, a, a quick and easy way to get out of it, but it still teaches you in multiple ways. You know, being nervous was something I worked with all my life, Zane, as a kid at school, I couldn't read or write. I was dyslexic. And we had this thing when we were little, where we had to stand up and read out of a book. And because I couldn't do it, oh. that was like torture for me because yeah. I would stand up in front of the trauma. class trauma and like look at the, the words on it and just get you know like I'd do my best but I'd get it wrong and um and so standing up in front of people it was a huge it was a huge thing for me and I had psychics say to me when I was young you're going to be talking in front of a lot of people I'm like that's never gonna happen <laughs> so what I found helped for me like getting over the nervousness was feeling like I like I was watching Celine Dion singing and seeing her on stage and singing to thousands of people and I was cheering into her what is she doing here that she can do that that she's not nervous and it's that it's that energy outward projection I'm here to service you I'm mm. giving you something and it's stopping the story of me 
and the story of what can I give instead of the story of nervousness is how are you, you know, what do you think of me? Do you think I'm crazy? It's a story of me, right? Mm -hmm. And that story of giving, like I'm here to give is just negates all nervousness. And I thought about if you had a room of a thousand people in the house was, and the place was on fire and you were asked to go and stand on the stage and ask people to leave the building, you know, nervousness wouldn't be involved because you would be in that place of saving people's lives, right? And so you would be thinking, oh, I'm nervous to talk to a lot of people. You would be thinking, we've got to get these people out of the building. And that was what helped right. me, I found. Yeah, yeah I had a, uh, an experience where I realized that the only thing that I'm worried about is screwing up. And the only reason I would screw up is because I was worried about screwing up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. oh, so it's recursive. So if I just get rid of being worried about screwing up, then I would stop being worried about screwing up. You know, it's like, oh, duh, yeah. because I know that I'm good at what I'm doing. I know I'm a good speaker. I know I'm good at handling these situations and talking to these people. I know it's going to be useful for them. So what am I, I'm worried that I'm going to do something dumb and they're not going to like me. Okay. So that's fear of judgment. And I'm unlikely to do that unless I'm actually nervous about doing it in the first place. Okay. So let's just give them the information and enjoy the experience. And also another narrative around that is if you watch blooper shows where people screw up, they are some of the best things to watch oh it's yeah so engaging it's so engaging it's so entertaining and so sometimes right. when you screw up and you forget your lines and you get it wrong sometimes that just attracts people's it's like it grabs their attention yeah. and then they lie and you laugh at yourself and they laugh with you right. and 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 so the screwing up can be the most best part of the talk sometimes right yeah it's your authentic self at that point. yeah exactly exactly you know i wanted to talk about shame and guilt i had lois hollis on the show who's a shame and guilt educator and she speaks about shame and guilt being an entity unto itself that yeah. um that attaches to you like yeah. like she calls shame and guilt like the entity and yeah. um, and it be becomes you. And, and if you cease to identify with shame and guilt as you, then it can no longer affect you. And I just loved that. And I thought, well, actually, that would be true for every negative thought or every negative emotion. Because sure. who we really are is love and light, right? We are an extension of pure positive energy. So any negative vibe we uh, engage in we have to choose to actually play with or take on or it's actually none of it is us our anger our, our frustration right. none of it's us it's just energies we're playing with at the time but where we get caught up like with my friend that killed herself it's that attachment to this is who i am yes it's that identifying with it instead of saying this is not who i am this is just something that I'm playing with at the moment or I'm yeah that yeah. yeah I can let go yeah it's cool you just talked about the very first thing I ever channeled I was helping really? someone yeah yeah I was helping someone who had depression and PTSD and fibromyalgia she was pretty much bedridden and uh, she was a friend actually but I didn't really know her that well and she she actually uh, invited me to come over to her house and see if I could help her. And I wasn't even a light worker yet; like I didn't yeah. know anything about what was going on. Yeah. And and all of a sudden, I just started channeling 
that that this thing that you are you are dealing with is actually like an entity and I didn't I didn't know what negative entities were at this time so all right like so it was an it's an entity it's a foreign invader and this mm-hmm. foreign invader is feeding you these thoughts and right. these thoughts are things like I'm not good enough I shouldn't go outside I should stay in bed I can't you know handle these things etc cetera, etc cetera, all those negative thoughts and actually Um, All you have to do is just every time you hear one of those negative thoughts, you have to just say, oh, that's not me. That's this foreign invader. I ended up just calling it it, right? So that's not me. It's it. I am a perfect being of light. I came here to explore and to love and to enjoy this paradise planet. I wouldn't think that I suck. I would want to get out of the bed. I wouldn't want to have any of these sorts of problems. So it's obviously not me. This thing, it is the thing that is causing me to believe that I'm thinking those thoughts, but I'm not. Yeah. And so once she kind of went through that, I probably talked to her like for hours on that. I was just like channeling, channeling, channeling. And uh, at one point I even said, you're it. I called it it, right? You're it right now is telling you that this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And she was just like, oh my God. Yeah, that's exactly what it's saying right now. So, you know, it was just so pervasive in every thought and, and it knows how to push all of your buttons. It's been with you your entire life. And it comes from your childhood traumas or whatever. So anything that negative happens to you when you're younger, your it gets bigger. And your you, which is unchanged, completely perfect, completely beautiful, just gets kind of covered up. So this is your you. And now your it is making it so it's hard to find you underneath all of that. But it's always this separate thing that's not you. The you is unchanged and magical and beautiful. All you've got to do is recognize which one the voice, the thought is coming from. Right. And the it, as you call it, will argue to the death (laughs) to maintain its stance. So if you tell the person that believes they're unworthy that they're actually love and light, they will say, no, I'm not. And they'll Uh, argue. You know, that's what I found with my girlfriend. I spent a year arguing with her and I didn't win. Right. Win. But anyway, she, she taught me a lot after she died. She taught me a lot during her life and she taught me a lot after her life. So there was some sort of arrangement we had in place to play out that role. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, as much as I didn't want her to go, she actually came to me after she died and taught me a lot after. So, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. But um, yeah, just that arguing, you're trying to tell somebody that they're love and light when they believe that they're unworthy and they've got the shame, yeah. guilt, story, depression going on that it's just, it's like you said, you, you're full of bullshit. You know, that's, that it is saying you're full of bullshit. <laughs> It'll argue yeah. with you. Right. But this is a fabulous conversation. Love this conversation saying, uh, I hope this is helping a lot of people. Me don't too. believe, don't believe the negative thoughts. Yeah. Cause like attracts light. So I talk about this in my work a lot. You know, when you get on a momentum of thought, when you start saying, I dislike that, it'll attract another thought and another thought. And then the momentum will build. It's like a boulder rolling down a hill. It gets faster and faster and faster. And, and you know, as the boulder goes further down the hill, it's, it's um, attra- you know, it's getting bigger and it's getting faster. And so if you try and stop it, you get squished down the bottom of the hill. But if you stop it at the top of the hill, when it's just getting going, when the momentum of thought starts, 
it's much easier to stop and turn around. But it's the same with positive thought. There is a momentum of thought. Like when you're in love, doesn't the world, like you're looking through rose-colored glasses, like the world, you love everybody and everything right. is beautiful. And when you're in depression, everything is terrible. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, when, when people are dealing with negative entity attachments and they feel like that they can make no progress and, and that the, the entities are way more powerful than them, it usually just takes a few minutes to find a moment where yeah. the entity is not completely destroying them with torture. And right. that moment usually comes from, um, do they do it when you're watching your favorite movie? You know, yeah. do they, are they on you when you're hanging out with your favorite friend? Are they, are they giving you trouble when you're sleeping alone or when you're sleeping in the same bed with your spouse? You know, what, what are the situations? And somewhere along there they go, oh yeah, the entity isn't as bad when I'm watching my favorite movie. Right. That's all I need because now we know how powerful you are. You are distracted by your favorite thing. And so the entity doesn't do as much damage to you. Hello. Like that's how powerful you are. It is not so powerful that it is going to even interrupt that. And then they go, oh huh, yeah. Okay. And then they start going down that path. Yeah, absolutely. We could talk about this all day, but I want to get into the Higher Self Expo. Absolutely. Who are you excited about? Like we've got 36 people speaking. I've had such fun meeting all these people, honestly. It's been a blast. As I said to you before we started the recording, I was blown away by William Linville on the show. I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> just total star seed. Who are you excited about? I suppose they're all great. Yeah, they are. And it's hard to, it is hard to pick one. And I kind of don't want to pick one because I want to watch them all. Right. Yeah. It's going to be hard because it's 24 straight hours. So I'm going to have to like you go to be bed 24 hours. I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'll be able to do it. I think I'm going to have to go to sleep while you guys are on, but yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I, you know, they're all amazing and I don't want to call anybody out as a favorite because we have such a breadth you know, we just have so many different people. We have kind of like some bigger name people that talk about, you know, astrology or, you know, whatever category. And then we have people that are up and coming that many people haven't learned about scientists, right. which we've never had before, you know, in right. the past. So they're exciting to see what kind of discoveries that they've made. I like to say it like this that we chose where science meets spirituality because most of us are on that spiritual side and we already kind of understand an awful lot about what's going on. So we say, well, okay, spirituality is just science that science hasn't figured out yet, right? right. So what now this is my way of testing. Okay, scientists, have you caught up with this yet? Yeah. Right? But, you know, one of the most amazing speakers is Irvin Laszlo. I mean, he's a, he's a legend. He's a, right. you know, he's a contemporary of Deepak Chopra. He's actually a mentor of Deepak Chopra. Deepak had him on his show not so long ago saying that he was his mentor. Like he's, he's a legend. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you've got that. And he's ancient. I'm thinking how honored we are to have, I'm actually speaking to him next week for my show. And he's the last person before the expo that I'm having on the show. He's ancient. He, I don't know how old he is, but he doesn't look like he's, you know, going to hang around for too much longer. Right. Yeah. So I'm, sure. I, I'm thinking it's such a blessing to be, to be able to connect with him before he may leave the planet. I don't know when. I mean, yeah. it was like Barbara Marks Hubbard, you know, she was in the 90s. She was like, I'm going to live forever. And then bang, she all of a sudden died. It was like, what? You were going to live forever. You know, she was, she was like, I'm in my 90s and I feel like I'm getting newer. 
you know, she never spoke about getting old or feeling old. And, and then, bang, she left the planet. And it was like, yeah. well, she was in the 90s. So I feel the same about Irvin too. Yeah. I, I think that he's probably coming towards the end of his day. So it's such a blessing and an honor to have him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not a big name dropper kind of person. Like I'm not into that sort of thing. And it's kind of funny because really I started the Higher Self Expo mostly because I was finding that I didn't know many light workers other than my small group. Right. And so I thought, you know, this would be really cool because I could really get to know some amazing beings that I probably wouldn't get to know otherwise. And I have a terrible memory for names. Um, and, and so this is always fun for me because I don't even do that much work to find people. Like it's always worked out that other people bring the people to me. And so I get to go, oh, cool. Who's this person? I've never heard of them. They're probably like the most famous light worker in the world, right? I knew who Lori Ladd was last time. But still, you know, like there's many cases where I go, mm, never even heard of that person. <laughs> because I get most of my information and, and so forth through channeling, not through reading or, or even watching documentaries or that sort of thing that often so yeah, i'm yeah. kind of i'm i'm a weird one in that i'm i'm in charge of an expo where i kind of don't even know all the people and i just look forward to watching it so i get to know them live during the actual broadcast well that's actually what i loved about watching your other ones your the other high self expos is that you had a whole lot of people on that i had never heard of before mm -hmm. so i am someone who's intensely interested in everything that's going on in the conscious community it's like i'm overseeing it from a higher perspective, my guides have told me that I sit on councils overseeing the light workers of this world. And, and so yeah. my role, my role is to sort of, just, you know, be, be over, oversee all of it. And, and that's exactly what I do. So I do watch a lot of media because I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Who, what are you talking about? Where are you doing it? Where it's like, I'm just this intense curiosity. And I've been doing this for almost 30 years so I do know who everybody is but not everybody but when you had your other expos I saw all those speakers and I'm like wow who are all these people this is cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it is great there's so many right there's so many wonderful amazing people and they're more and more showing up all the time so like I Absolutely. said just it is fun and great to get the bigger names but it's just as beautiful and wonderful to get the up-and-comers that nobody's really heard of yet and, and maybe even be a part of launching them or helping them get started. Yeah. I and mean, that's the biggest honor I could think of. And what it's done for me when you asked me to get involved, I thought it's going to be a lot of work <laughs> for no money. Why do I want to do this? And then I thought, because it's actually who I am, it's my mandate here on earth. But also I, I had this intention to really find more Australian speakers because I speak to so many Americans. And, um, and that yeah. I thought, yeah, that would be an intention to sort of maybe nurture more of the Australian light workers and light weavers. And mm -hmm. I knew a lot of them personally, actually, and I'd never really thought about putting them on my show. But because of oh. the because of the science meets spirituality component of this, I thought, actually, yeah, he actually really meets that spec. So people like Kaushik right. Ram and Roman Light and and they they do they do straddle those two worlds and um they're not usually actually i had a great conversation with them on my show um but they weren't really in the conversation that i have on the show uh and so i probably wouldn't have put them on the show or or looked at them had i not right for the higher self expo right. so that's been really 
great for me, I think, too, just to to look different yeah. people and yeah. Yeah, this theme is quite a bit different than our other themes have been. So it is fun to get like a little introduction to where where are we from a scientific standpoint on this and bring in some voices of some people that we would have never had on otherwise. And every once in a while, I think we've heard stories of people that were like, oh, I don't know, as a scientist, I don't know if I can be on this this conference because this conference is all woo. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be laughed at by my scientific colleagues that I'm going on to this thing. Absolutely. And, and I had that I had that experience. I, I reached out to a young man who's a contemporary of my daughter, same age, and he lives up in the northern beaches. He's got the long hair and he's sort of half naked most of the time. He looks like your classic you know, 2000 hippie, like this, the hippie movement is well and truly back and thriving. I love it. I love it. And he, he studied neuroscience and he was, and, uh, and then he started a movement called shaking medicine. And I'm like, God, oh, this guy really meets the spec. You know, he's, he's talking about energy healing and shaking medicine. And he's got that really scientific background. And he looked at the self expert. He said the same thing. He said, I don't want to put my name. It's too woo woo. And I'm like, I was blown away that he thought it was too woo-woo because if you looked at him, you, you know, a scientist <laughs> wouldn't just take him so seriously. He's just got this long hair. He's this young guy, handsome. Uh, right. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't sort of look like your classic scientist is what I'm saying. Right. So I, I was really shocked at that. But, so, but people are interesting. I find that a lot with Australians. If they're in the mainstream world, oh. Yeah, don't want to come on my show or things like the Higher Self Expo because they don't want to sort of have their work bump up against what is deemed as woo-woo. And that's mm -hmm. kind of a big thought form that I find a lot within the Australian mm -hmm. conscious community. A lot of my mm -hmm. friends go there, they talk about energy and meditation and God and source and stuff, but they're not talking about spirit guides or Hathors or, you know, ETs oh, or channeling yeah, right. and stuff like that. They just, mm -hmm. they just don't go there. They sort of, right. they're at a different level of conversation. So that's why I thought. Well, we eventually, I'm sorry, eventually it'll all merge completely and yeah, there exactly. won't be anything like that. They're, they will prove in their terms what we're doing and we'll accept what they're doing because, you know, there's bias on both sides. There's plenty of, right. of light workers and, and energy workers and just like people who love light workers and energy workers that say science is evil or they've got it all wrong or they're right. too closed minded or whatever. Well, that turns out to be closed minded also. So they're, they're potentially missing out on, on some things that they're going to be able to learn from the, the research that's being done, maybe to back up some of the things. And that helps you with your, if you're arguing with your uncle uh, at over dinner and he says, no, this is bull. This is all woo woo garbage. And you go, well, actually there's scientific backing to this and you can point out a few things. And all of a sudden you might catalyze your, your uncle for the, into open themselves up to this possibility that you wouldn't have if you would have closed your mind off to science absolutely i know it's great i think it's a beautiful thing you're doing and i'm thrilled to be a part of it actually i'm really thrilled to be a part of it it's been very yeah. uh, expansive and eye-opening for me and i've met some beautiful people that i maybe i wouldn't have found 
some Australian speakers like uh, I loved Josie. I met her through reaching out for her to put, put her on this as a speaker and Dr. Gillian Ross and, you know, consciously, deliberately seeking Australians. Uh, I've met these just brilliant, amazing people. So I want to thank you. <laughs> thank oh, you. yeah. I want to thank you, too. It's been wonderful to work with you in this capacity. We've always gotten along very well and, and love to chat. And, you know, having your expertise and all the people that you know uh, has been huge in this whole process, too. So it's it's great. Yeah, actually, Dashna was saying yesterday that she was really because she was one of the first people that signed up and said, yep, I'm on board. And we didn't have and She didn't know anyone that was going to come after her. And then she said yesterday, wow, I'm so impressed at all the speakers that, that um, are coming on to speak. She was really impressed. So, yeah. Yay, that's great. Yeah, Thanks, Darshana. <laughs> <laughs> all right, darling, well, we might leave it at there. Anything else you want to say to people before we go? You know, I've, I, this is something that you definitely talk about a little bit. And, uh, and I've been, I've been, I, I, I've given the news a new name. So, you know, we turned into the news and it's telling us all this awful stuff. I've called, I've started calling the news the How I Could Die show. <laughs> because that's really what it is. We tune into it because we want to see how we could die. There's fires, there's murders, there's, you know, diseases, there's whatever. It's always about what, how we could all die. And, and so no wonder we're like so attracted to that because the survival mindset says, oh my gosh, how could I? I die. I don't want to die. I need to make sure that I avoid that thing called death. So I'm going to tune into this and I'm going to try to figure out, oh, we could have a fire. Okay, let's take care of that. Oh, we could have this. Let's, that's, the, that, that's the healthy approach to it. But it's not the healthy approach that most people have when they watch the news. I mean, the How I Could Die show. They actually sit there and fret over it all. They don't go and solve the problems. They go, oh, no, this, and then, oh, no, that, and then, oh, my gosh, how are we ever going to? And then they lower their vibration and lower their vibration, and they add that to the experience. And one more thing I want to say is that when the How I Could Die show starts to say, this is how you're not going to die, you know, uh, getting, getting a... Uh, a thing in your arm, uh -huh. then all of a sudden we go, oh no, the how I could die show, it's telling us we're not going to die. That's a problem. So now let's try to figure out how we're actually going to die from the from that. And so now we got all these people that talk about how it's a tor terrible disaster and it's all fear-based. And if you take, if you get that thing, then you're also going to die and so on and so forth. So we are always attracted to all the ways that we could die because we are survival-based. So the only way to look at any of this stuff, in my opinion, is I am not afraid of any of it. I'm not afraid of the, of the, the, of the problem in the first place or the solution to the problem. I don't yeah. even need to tune into all this because I know that I'm totally fine. Yeah, you know, I had Jeff Granville on the show. I'll release that show this week, probably before your show. And um, he said that he had to take the allopathic remedy because he works inside hospitals and stuff and he was not really in alignment with it but yeah. he said you know just be reminded that if you do if you are forced to take something that you don't want to do that you have to be in alignment with it in order for it to not yeah. um be a problem for you right I mean, you have to come into it you know you have to change your point of view on it basically if you're forced yeah. to do it Right. And I'm like, yeah, I know that. But I got a really interesting email this morning just before I came on with you from Mickey Willis. Do you know who Mickey Willis is? 
so he was a beautiful light worker. He had a, is, is, had a business called Uplift and he was making documentaries and putting on workshops and stuff. And he got very proactive during the, during the COVID and he made a documentary called Plandemic. Did you see that? Oh yes, I've heard of it. I haven't watched it because right. I don't really want to subscribe to all that. But anyway. Well, it's interesting, you know, the email he says, it's hard to believe that it's been a year has passed since we released our documentary series. And what a wild year it's been. Thank you to everyone that's had the guts and the common sense to question the mainstream narrative. Do your own research and stand in the fire with us. To date, not one major claim made against the movie has been proven inaccurate or not my major claim in the movie has been proven inaccurate. So the mainstream came out and said, it's all rubbish. And he said, not one. And he says, and now one year later, nearly every major claim in the series has been validated by qualified scientists and health experts. And I thought that was really interesting. And we've made both films available to watch free. And that's just that short thing. And it was just interesting to hear that. Um, because there was so much pushback against his movie. But in his movie, you know, he's become the activist. He's pushing back against the mainstream narrative too. Right. So it's still war, but at the same time, it's just about education. It's just yeah. about listening to if both It can be about and... information and rather mm. than who's right and who's wrong, then I, I'm okay with it. But at the same time, we get so wrapped up in all the disaster, whether, whether it's the mainstream or it's the underground, we get so uh, infatuated with that. And I'm telling you, that is the survival brain. And mm. if you want to be a part of the 3D survival mindset, then keep mm. watching that stuff. But if you want to transcend that, if you want to move into the fourth and to the fifth dimension, then you don't pay that much attention at all. And you well, move into that from, a, from an energetic and a mental standpoint. You can, but you can, like, I watch all of it from a really interesting, from a point of view of I'm interested in it because I'm interested in the way people's minds work. I'm yes. interested in what they do with that. Right. And not really buying into either side because I'm not at war. Right. But, but if you're watching it and you're buying into the narrative and saying this is the right way and that's the wrong way. Right. Then you're in the war. Exactly. Um, I'm actually very much an advocate for not taking the allopathic remedy and have been for 30 years when I chose not to do that with my daughter. But at the same time, if I was forced to, I would do it and with yeah. gratitude, yeah. you know, I'd have to let go of my point of view because yeah. if I'm forced to do something, then my point of view is not going to serve me if I have right. to do something. So I have to, so that we were talking about that with Roman on the show, he was talking about, we create these shells and then we expand and we have to break the shell and that sort of mm -hmm. shell of, of idea or thought or narrative and yeah so it's always we have to maintain our openness and and what i've seen too with having people on the show that what we deem as terrible and awful has been a catalyst for huge change and huge transformation every time so like my book awakened by death so people having their own death experience or the death of a loved one or something that you would never wish like one of the authors in the book scarlett lewis her five-year-old was shot in a in a school shooting like you wouldn't wish that on anyone and she's out there changing the world like she's a huge like she's doing amazing things putting mindfulness and um, consciousness um, education into schools now so had her five-year-old not been gunned down in a sh school shooting would that have happened so all the things that we see as terrible right. can have be a catalyst for huge transformation and that's the way we've got to look at what's happening in our world right now exactly yeah.
Love you big time. <laughs> yeah, me too. Love you. And I'll love everyone you. watching unconditionally. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Zane. Yeah. What a wonderful conversation with Zane. Isn't he fabulous? Negative entities. I wonder if you think that you have a negative entity. I'm pretty sure you don't. <laughs> negative entity, yeah, it's all about vibrational matching, like attracts like. All you have to do is clean up your negative thoughts and you can't be a vibrational match to all that stuff. You can be in a vibrational match to positive entities like love bubbles, angels, um, spirit guides. Yeah, the better you feel, the more connected you are to all that, all that. And the more access you have to infinite intelligence. And um, yeah, I loved that conversation. I thought that was a powerful conversation. It reminded me of some things that I went through. I'd forgotten about. I'd forgotten about my girlfriend who had been going through depression and walking into her house and feeling the energy in her house that day. Oh my God, that was bad. And she'd come for healings and I'd just see this black blob. I didn't sort of go into the too much of the ent negative entities in those days. I was just trying to help her clear up her thoughts. But like I said to Zane, she was determined not to change. And some people do. You just some, sometimes you just can't help people. That's their choice. And maybe that's what their soul was choosing because they wanted to experience that in this lifetime. Because you can't experience it when you're dead, right? <laughs> well, you can in some astral form, I suppose. But uh, most people, when they reemerge, reemerge back into a, a realm of uh, a realm of love and light. Not always the case, but many spiritual teachers say, and um, I suppose I say it too, that helping people alleviate their stressful thoughts before they cross over really affects the experience they have after they transition from the physical body, because like attracts like on other realms as well, and. Sometimes when you haven't worked out, sometimes when you haven't worked out stuff in this world, you'll you'll move into a similar sort of situation in another world. I know Cyrus Kirkpatrick talked about um, being an astral traveler. He he saw his mother after she died in an astral realm. She had a lot of mental illness in in the physical life, and she was still trying to sort of sort out those thought forms in another realm after she transitioned. He saw her in what he deemed as a hospital setting. So she was getting help from people in an astral world. But, um, and I, you know, I say that it's not you, it's just an aspect of you. Like an aspect of you is inhabiting this physical body. It's just an aspect of you that's having astral experiences too. The greater part of you or the higher self or the group soul or, whatever you want to call it, your oversoul is, is never harmed nor engaging in negative uh, thoughts or experiences. There's always a part of you that is the greater part of you, actually, the greater part of us is that divine essence, is that higher experience that we communicate with when we're communicating with our soul or our higher self or our guides. It's that same vibration of love and light and pure positive energy, pure joy. That's who we really are underneath all the thoughts that we gather in this human journey. We are love and light. We are love and light. And it's, it's good to remember that. It's good to remember that when you're engaging in negative thoughts, 
this is not who you really are. It's just an experience you're having at the time. Thanks again for watching. And I hope you're excited about joining us for the Higher Self Expo and watching that live. It'll be live on YouTube and Facebook. It'll probably be live on my Facebook page as well. It won't be on my YouTube page. It'll be on the Higher Self Expo YouTube channel. So if you want to head over there uh, on the weekend of July 17th and 18th, it'll be streaming for 24 hours. I don't know if YouTube allows us to be one stream for 24 hours. I know Facebook doesn't. So it only allows you to do eight hours of live streaming on Facebook. So we'll have to finish the one eight hours and then come back on another, another post. <laughs> the word I'm looking for. So there'll be three posts for the, the whole 24 hours, I suspect. But I think YouTube does allow you to continually stream. Anyway, I guess we're going to find that out on the, on the day. But it'll be on the High Self Expo YouTube page. So go to thehighselfexpo.com and sign up if you want to uh, stay in the loop with what's happening and meet all the speakers and everything. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a challenge for me to do eight hours of continual <laughs> live streaming. I, I won't be talking all the time, but just, you know, in, introducing people and being doing it for eight hours. That's something I haven't done before either. Another challenge that Zane's, Zane's stretching me. He's stretching me, but it's good. I enjoy the challenge. It's very good. Good, Very, very good. Much more. Um, I'm getting so much more out of it than, you know, being paid for it too. I just, I just love it. I love meeting the people. I love the challenge. It's been beautiful. Anyway, I'm not going to rave on too much. Uh, Sue Walker this weekend in the Inner Sanctum. I'm having a chat with Dr. Irvin Laszlo next week. The show coming out this week is with Jeff Granville. Loved that conversation with Jeff. Then we've got the High Self Expo. Then I've got other people booked in. I was going to say to Zane, I've got Stephen Simon booked in, who is a director and uh, he's just released a new book. So I'm going to have a chat with Stephen after this is the High Self Expo about his new book. Uh, I had him on my radio show uh, 2013. When was that? Eight years ago? long time ago when I was on radio talking about the spiritual cinema circle that he uh, he had going and um, we used to buy DVDs I used to buy you know sort of more uplifting movies I was always into more positive media and um, I used to purchase the DVDs and he'd post them all the way from well the company would post them all the way from the states and I used to ask him back then can you you know is there a streaming is it streaming can you just buy it on through but it wasn't happening back then so I've got a lot of these DVDs from the Spiritual Cinema Circle. I stopped getting them when streaming services happened. I think he was connected with Gaia at the time. And Gaia took over. Anyway, I don't know what happened to the Spiritual Cinema Circle. I don't know if it's still going, if people are still buying DVDs and having that, that physical thing to put in their DVD player. I haven't used my DVD player for like 10 years. <laughs> it's just there, it's still over there. I haven't put a DVD in it for like 10 years. Anyway. It's all good. All right. So I'll um, see you next time. Thanks again for listening and watching. And please remember to subscribe and press the like button. Send us a comment and share the shows. Big love to you all. Bye for now.